Good morning. Welcome to Faith Baptist Church. I am not your regular preacher. I am Josh Howard, one of the student pastors. So uh, happy new year. If you haven't been told, happy new year. Welcome to 2020. Uh, I do want to make a plug this morning. Uh, we are going on a mission trip uh, to South Africa this summer. Uh, Andy Singleton and myself will be leading that trip. And uh, we want to open it up to the church. Uh, we do have to let them know in a couple of weeks, uh, our finalized team. Uh, so pray about it this week. Next week, we're going to have an interest meeting. Uh, we'll meet right after church. Uh, so pray about going to South Africa uh, this summer. Um, so looking at uh, the new year, uh, looking at starting this new year, uh, just a few days ago, approximately at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time, billions of people Billions of people gathered and watched as the ball dropped in New York City's Times Square. And so that got me wondering about the history of this New Year's Eve ball. And what I discovered was very intriguing. You see, New York actually held uh, this first meeting, this first New Year's celebration in the year 1904. Uh, but it wasn't until 1907 that they dropped something to celebrate. And this year in 1907, they dropped an iron and a wood ball adorned with 125-watt light bulbs. That's what they dropped in New York in 1907 to celebrate. It was five feet in diameter. It weighed 700 pounds. Uh, they dropped it down, and they celebrated. And that's how the New Year's celebration in New York City's Times Square uh, began. And they have dropped it every single time. They've had this celebration every single year except in 1942 and 43 during World War II. And so over the time, this, this time ball has uh, it's developed, it's changed. They've built new ones. They've redesigned it several times. And the latest redesign was in the year 2000 uh, by Waterford Crystal. Uh, so this is not a cheap thing. Uh, this, this sphere that was built is six feet in diameter, weighing approximately 1,070 pounds. And as you can see, there are triangles on this time ball. And each of these triangles, there's 504 of them. And each of these triangles has a special designation. And every single one of these designations deal with the word hope. There's hope for fellowship. Hope for peace, hope for wisdom, hope for unity, hope for courage, hope for feeling. And over and over and over and over, different words are used here. And the name of the ball itself is called the Star of Hope. So this morning, what I want us to look at, what I want us to talk about, what I want us to think about in this new year, in 2020, is this word hope. Is this word hope. See, hope is something that we all desire. Hope is something that we all do even without thinking about it. Uh, we hope that our kids do well. We hope that our job goes well this year. We hope that we get a raise. Amen. We hope that the Bulldogs win state next year, right? Uh, we hope and we have been hoping for many years that Jason Garrett would get fired. And our dream has come true. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And we also hope for things that I never even thought I would see. I never even thought in my lifetime I would see it. But last night we saw the Patriots lose a playoff game. Amen. 
Thank you. Amen. That was for my friend Duff. He hates the Patriots more than anyone I know. But we hope. We have hope. See, hope is something that we do every single day without even thinking about it. We wake up with hope. See, hope is something that is listed in our Bible. Hope is something that is listed as one of the three greatest things that we can have. Faith, hope, and love. As we think about this word hope, although it is a common theme in our, in our Bible, used over 130 times in 120 verses, although we are commanded to have hope, although it is something that we do without thinking about it, I believe that in our society we have lost hope. In the book of Job, we read about a story which seems hopeless. The word hope is found over 19 times in the book of Job. And the majority of those times, it is pointed directly to our hope being found in God. See, Job is a story of a hopeless man in a hopeless situation, finding hope in a hopeful God. And this morning, my prayer for us is that we will find hope. Some of you have walked into this room, you've walked into this place, and to be honest, you've lost hope. To be honest, your, your hope is gone. You're struggling. In Job 13 and verse 14, he says this. He says, why do I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hands? Though he slay me, yet I will hope or trust in him. Why do I take my flesh in my teeth? Why do I worry? Why do I struggle? Why do I fear? Why do I take my life and put it in my own hands? Why do I work so hard to try to make my life better? Job had figured out that he just needed to hope in God. You see, another word for hope this morning that we're going to look at is the word trust. And this morning, the question must be asked, where or what do you place your hope? Where is your hope found? Who are you trusting in for your hope? Are we in a desperate enough situation that just like Princess Leia said to Obi-Wan Kenobi, are we willing to say, God, you are our only hope? God, you're our only hope. Do we see our, our situation in life that desperate that every single day we have to wake up and say, God, you're our only hope for today? See, this morning... May we be reminded that our hope is not found in the flag that we live under. Our hope is not found in our financial security. Our hope is not found in the freedom we have as a nation. Our hope is not found in our family. Our hope is not found in our friends. And our hope is certainly not found in our failures. Our hope is found in our faith we have in God. And that's it. Our hope is found in our faith that we have in God. Our hope is found in that one day Jesus Christ is going to come back to this earth. And he's going to take us to live with him forever. What do we have to fear? See, the first time that Jesus came, he came for redemption. The second time he will come for the great resurrection. The first time he came, he came to a crucifixion. The second time he will come to a coronation. He came the first time to a tree. He will come a second time to a throne. 
He came the first time in humility. The second time he will come in honor. He came the first time and was judged by men. He will come a second time to judge all men. This morning, I ask you, where is your hope found? Where is your hope found? Let us pray. God, I come before you this morning. And God, I just thank you for the truth of your word. God, I'm thankful for the hope that we can find in your son. I'm thankful for the hope that you can give us through your peace. God, this morning, may those that have walked into this room that have lost all hope, God, may you just comfort them this morning. For those that have walked into this place with with no hope, God, may you give it to them today. We love you. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen. Let's jump in this morning as we look at Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse number 23. Paul writing to the Romans, to the church, he says this, not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. This morning, the first thing that I think can bring us hope is understanding that we have hope in Jesus for eternal life. We have hope in Jesus for eternal life. See, Jesus is the only thing that can bring us salvation. Jesus is the only thing that can bring us eternal life. You see, the majority of the times that the word hope is used in our Bible, especially in the New Testament, it is connected to our salvation that is found in Jesus Christ alone. Our hope should be in Jesus, period. There's no and, there's no three little dots connected to that sentence. Our hope is found in Jesus alone. That's it, period. End of the sentence. Our hope is in Jesus for eternal life. You see, I cannot do enough good things to somehow earn my way to heaven. I can't give enough money to the poor or or the widows or or whoever. I can't give enough money to somehow buy my way to heaven. I can't say enough prayers or I'm sorry's to somehow beg my way into salvation. Our hope is in Jesus alone. Our hope is in Jesus. Paul David Tripp said it like this. Hope in created things never delivers what hope in the creator can. Hope in the created things never delivers what hope in the creator can. And and you see, here's the struggle this morning. You see, if we place our hope in Jesus, it takes ultimate faith. To, To place my faith and trust in Jesus Christ takes ultimate faith. Because see, here's here's the truth and here's the struggle this morning is we've never seen Jesus. (laughs) You see, we're placing our our faith and our hope in something we've never seen. We're placing our our trust in, in God's word. 
something that we never saw written. It takes ultimate faith. It takes ultimate faith to say, God, I don't see you, but I see the need I have for you. It takes ultimate faith to say, God, I don't see your hand in my life, but, but I see your hand moving in my life and working in my life. I don't see your actual hand. You see, most of us, myself included, would rather have the safe thing. We would rather have what our eyes see. But the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We have hope in Jesus for eternal life. For those of you that walked into this place this morning with no hope, looking for something, searching for something, you you thought maybe this new year I'm just going to try something out, I'm just going to go to church, I'm going to try something different. I want you to know this morning that our hope is in Jesus for eternal life. Our hope is in Jesus for salvation. Jesus Christ came down to this earth as we celebrated a few days ago. He was born. He was born so that we could have salvation. Our hope is in Jesus for eternal life. Secondly, this morning we see in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. See, not only do we have hope in Jesus for eternal life, we also have hope in Jesus for an eternal home. We have hope in Jesus for an eternal home. And because of Jesus, we have a living hope. Everyone say living hope. Living hope. Living hope. Man, this is, this is such a powerful two words. We have a living hope because our hope is not doomed by death. We have a living hope because our hope is not doomed by death. We have a living hope because our Savior conquered death through his resurrection. We have an eternal home waiting for us so our life is not dom dominated by the fear of death. See, we don't go through life fearing the most permanent thing we know as humans. We don't have to because our hope is in Jesus for that eternal home. I remember as a kid, one of my greatest fears uh, was someone in my family dying or my parents dying or myself I remember one time as, as a child, I believe I was eight or nine, I, I remember very vividly praying to God, God, please don't come back until I get to open my Christmas presents. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it's a terrible prayer, but I was very sincere when I prayed it. I was like, God, I've seen my name on a really large package underneath the tree, and I would really like to get to open it. But I just remember many times at night lying in bed thinking about what if, what if my parents die or, or what, if, what if I die or 
what's going to happen when God comes back? See, here's the truth. Once we place our faith in Jesus Christ and we trust in him as Savior, this is what I know that we can have. We can have confidence in a conquering Savior. We can have confidence in a conquering Savior. See, Jesus Christ came in this earth and he conquered death for us. There's not a single person in this room that could have done that. But Jesus came and he conquered death for us. Our hope is in that, that Jesus has prepared us an eternal home. See, we don't live a life that demands our attention be placed on the grave because Jesus has already conquered it. We have a living hope because we serve a living Savior. We have a living hope because Jesus is alive. He's not dead. He's not in the grave. He conquered death for us. You see, our hope rests in the fact that one day Jesus is going to come back and he's going to take every one of his children, just like we sing, I am a child of God. If that's you, one day Jesus is going to come back, whether you're dead or alive, and he's going to take you to live with him forever. Our hope is placed in Jesus for that eternal home. Romans chapter 8, verse 18, just a few verses before our text. It says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You see, here's the bottom line this morning. And I just want to be honest with you. The reason why I, Josh Howard, struggles to put my hope in Jesus and look forward to that eternal home is because I've fallen in love with my temporary house. The reason why I struggle to look forward to that eternal home and live for God and put my hope in him and trust in him is because I have fallen in love with my temporary house. I've fallen in love with the things of this world. I fail to put my trust and hope in Jesus because I love the things that this earth has to offer. And this is the truth. I don't like it. I have fallen in love with the idea of my family and kids. I have fallen in love with the idea of having nice things. I have fallen in love with the idea of working for my retirement. I have fallen in love with the idea of stuff. And here's the truth this morning. None of that compares to the home that Jesus has prepared for us. There's nothing this earth has to offer us that is better than the place that God has prepared for us. We sang a song this morning, three words, Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that Jesus is better? If we do, then we live it. If we do, then we show it. What are we placing our, our hope in this morning? See, here's the truth this morning. Our world is broken. There's suffering and death. But you see, there's coming a day where all those things will disappear. There's coming a day where there will be no cancer. There's coming a day where there will be no tears. There's coming a day where there will be no sickness, no death, no car wrecks, no wars, no fightings. God is going to come back and he's going to take us to live with him forever in our eternal home. Our hope is in that. Amen. 
That's what we hope for this morning. Our hope is in Jesus for eternal life. Our hope is in Jesus for an eternal home. Titus chapter 2, lastly this morning. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Verse 15, speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. See, lastly, this morning, we have hope in Jesus that we should share for eternal impact. We have hope in Jesus that we should share. We have, a, we have hope in a returning Savior, and this is something that we should share. We should share that message. Why would we want to keep that hope to ourselves? Why would we want to keep that hope that Jesus offers a secret? We should tell everyone. We should encourage each other with these words. We should be willing to share this message with everyone around us. We should be willing to share this message with those we see at the grocery store, at the gas station, at work, at lunch, wherever we go. We should be willing to share this hope for eternal impact. And here's the question I asked myself. I didn't like it, and I don't think you will either. <laughs> it says, if I am not willing to share, then do I really care? If I am not willing to share the hope that is found in Jesus Christ, then do I really care? That's a tough question. See, I think a lot of times we get so wrapped up in looking ahead that we forget to look at what's right in front of us. I'm guilty. So many times we get wrapped up in looking at what we have to get done of what we have to do, that we forget to care for the people that are walking right in front of us. See, it's great to look and hope in the coming of our Savior and the home that he has prepared for us, but he has a life for us to live right now. Paul said it best when he said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Yes, we have an eternal home. Our hope is in that eternal home. But as long as we are alive, our life should be all about spreading the hope that is found in Jesus Christ alone. See, right now as we are alive, we have a hope that we need to share. Right now as we are alive, we have a hope that we need to show. We have a hope that we need to shout. There are people all around us that need to hear about the hope that we have. The question I ask myself is, do I care enough? Do I care enough to share that hope? Do I care enough about the people around me that I see every single day 
to share that hope. This morning, as, as we move into invitation, I just, I, I want you to know, and, and I feel this morning, that there are some of us in this room that we've lost hope. We've lost hope in people. We've lost hope in humanity. We've lost hope in our job. We've lost hope in our family. And we feel like there is nowhere we can go. We feel like there is nothing we can do to fix the situation. I want you to know this morning, our hope is in Jesus. He cares for you. He loves you. See, Jesus Christ came down to this earth. He died on a cross for our sins. He loved us enough to go through all of the pain. He cared for us to, to, to be concerned with our situation in life. See, he didn't have to could have wiped us out and started over. But he cared for us. He loves us. He loves you. And this morning, you can have hope in the fact that God knew you were going to be here this morning. He knew you were going to hear this message. He wants you to have hope. And the question I ask for you this morning is, do you have the hope that Jesus offers? Do you have that hope? Where you're at this morning, I just want you to bow your heads. No one looking around, but that question has to be answered. See, every single person in this room, every single person has to go through that crossroads. Do you have the hope that Jesus offers? This morning, I just want to ask you, how many of you would be completely honest and say, you know, I've never placed my hope in Jesus. I've never placed my faith in Jesus. Yeah, I've, I've come to church and I've, I've said a few prayers and I've done a few things in my life and I've, I've loved some people around me, but I've never placed my hope in Jesus. How many of you this morning would say, that's me. I walked into this room and I, I'm hopeless. I don't have the hope that Jesus offers. And this morning, I want that hope. How many of you would say, that's me? I need Jesus. I need that hope. Anybody like that in this room today? Say, I need that hope. Just raise your hand. Say, I need that hope. Right now, I feel like I'm in a hopeless situation. I need that hopeful God just to come down and touch me this morning. How many of you say, that's me? Just raise your hand. Keep them raised so I can see you. This morning, if you have your hand raised, would you just look at me? Not to embarrass you. But I want you to know this morning that God wants to give you hope today. God wants to give you hope through Jesus. God wants to give you hope today. We have some people right over here at this entrance. 
that want to tell you about the hope that Jesus offers. So this morning, as when we stand up, I just want you to move over to that, to that door right over here where preacher is. Preacher, just raise your hand. He's right over here. As, as everyone stands up this morning, just move over there and say, I need the hope that Jesus offers. I'm going to pray and then we're going to stand. God, I love you. I thank you so much for this morning and just for this time that we can have to open your word, God, to, to look at Jesus, to look at the hope that he offers. And this morning, I pray for those that have raised their hand and said they need that hope. God, I pray that they would just move this morning. God, let nothing keep them in their seat. Let them just release control to you and say, I need Jesus today. I need that hope. God, I love you. I thank you for all you do for us. I thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you would, let's stand. For those of you that need to talk, go ahead and move on over as people are moving now. For the rest of us in this room, maybe you've walked into this place this morning and you need some hope. You just need to come down to this altar and you need to pray to God. Say, God, I need hope. I've lost hope. I've lost my trust in you. I've moved away from you. And this year, starting this year, 2020, I want to put my hope in you. And I believe that starts on our knees in prayer to a hopeful God that just wants to encourage you this morning. So as Stephen plays and sings this morning, let us just move and do what God wants us to, to do this morning.